I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our favorite guest, Mike Florio, is the founder of Pro Football Talk on Twitter, at you guessed it, Pro Football Talk. He is full of insights and candor and reporting and information on the NFL. And he's written yet another book. It comes out November 1st. Perfect holiday gift. It is a holiday book called On Our Way Home. And if that's not enough, he is donating everything he gets to a local animal shelter. Uh, $3.99 ebook, $9.99 on paperback. So if you're like me and you like to have the, the physical hard copy in your hand, you can do that. If you're fancy, like Tommy over here, you can just get the ebook. All the proceeds go to a local animal shelter. Mr. Florio, good morning. Congratulations on writing another book. What Do you not sleep, dude? Like, where do you find the time? Well, one thing I've learned covering the NFL for 23 years in an immediate blog post, get it done, get it done, get it done mindset when I have free time and during football season, I don't have much. I have a couple of writing sessions I can squeeze in per week, Tuesday nights and Friday nights. I get a lot done. I never have writer's block. It is just go and go and go. Now, I can't vouch for the quality. I can definitely vouch for the quantity. And my thought is, I don't know if I've told you this before, but have you ever heard of the infinite monkey theorem where if no. you put enough monkeys in a room with each one assigned to a typewriter, eventually – Someone will create Shakespeare. One of the monkeys accidentally will create Shakespeare if you have enough monkeys banging around the typewriter. So my own personal monkey theorem is if I write enough books, there's a chance that at least one of them will accidentally be not horrible. I have that exact same theorem on producers, Mike. So I totally no, I'm just kidding, Tom. I can Mike Florio here on uh, here on the show. Mike, what is your reaction, overreaction, underreaction? What what is the proper way you, do you think to view Brock Purdy right now coming off a couple losses and obviously at the end of that game last night a couple turnovers that were critical? Well, look, he put the 49ers in position to win last week. Jake Moody misses a 41-yard field goal, which I'm old enough to remember when a 41-yard field goal was kind of a long field goal. Now it's a chip shot. you got to make a 41-yarder a in today's NFL. So they should have beaten the Browns last week. Last night, Purdy had two chances to drive the 49ers in position to win the game. Down five, the Vikings punted fourth and four from the San Francisco 42. It went into the end zone. It was a 22-yard net. Within a couple of plays, the 49ers were where they would have been if the Vikings had gone for it and not gotten it. But to me, I think the key moment, we talked about this on PFT Live today, there was a third and short quarterback sneak. When you look at the overhead angle, Purdy got rocked. And, I mean, helmet right to the jaw area of his helmet. I can't help but wonder whether or not that just kind of lingered with him in some capacity. He had the interception a couple of plays after that, the first one to Cam Bynum. And then when they got the ball back after the missed field goal by Greg Joseph, 50-yarder, again, that's kind of what a 40-yarder used to be. Like, yeah, it's kind of long, but, you know, guys are making them left and right now. The 49ers had another opportunity He threw across his body. Cam Bynum jumped up and picked it off. So, you know, you make your legend by not just presiding over an offense that kicks the crap out of everybody and wins by 20. You make your legend by stepping up in big moments, in big games, 
you know, it was the reverse of what we saw from Kirk Cousins. Cousins is the guy who usually is throwing those interceptions late in a primetime game. Cousins was perfect last night, or as close to perfect as I've ever seen him as a Vikings quarterback. And Purdy now has created a data point that he's going to have to overcome. And close game, big spot, can you deliver? And, and you know, the baggage he's going to have mentally the next time he's in that opportunity is, I better not do it again. And if you do it again, well, well, I better not do it again. And, oh, I better not do it again. And it could become a narrative that's hard to reverse. And that was really the first time we saw him in a spot where he had the opportunity to win the game twice, and both times he threw interceptions. Yeah, Florio, you bring up Cousins, and I've certainly been skeptical of of Cousins for the reasons you talked about. And apparently the band Creed and the song Higher was part of the inspiration for for Kirk Cousins' uh, play. Are you are you do you do you jam out to Creed when you're when you're no. riding on our way home? Okay, just want to no, make sure. No, I'm more of a Springsteen. But I mean, isn't it required Quality. if you're a sports writer to listen? And I'm, yes, I'm a late arrival to the Springsteen party. Maybe at some level, I realize since I cover sports for a living, I have to be a Springsteen aficionado. But I am now. I don't know how I got here, but I am now. So no Creed, Springsteen. Uh, the uh, the Eagles with a, with a really impressive win against the Dolphins. And again, I, I don't want to overreact too much to, to a single game, but Tua did have some turnovers. It was the lowest offensive production we've seen from Miami, at least so far this season. Is that loss in any way adjusting or readjusting how you view Miami, where you view Miami in the pecking order in the NFL? Here's what it does for my take on Miami. They better finish high enough in the standings that they force teams to come to them in January. Cause I don't think that the greatest show on turf 2.0 is going to travel well to Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas city, when it's time to hit the postseason. And yeah, and it reminds me a lot of the lions in that way. I think the lions who have the schedule that is conducive to fattening up and maybe being the one seed in the NFC, make them come to you. Make them come indoors. Don't put Jared Goff in the wind like he was on Sunday. Don't put him in the rain. Don't put him in the snow. For Miami, you got to play those games in Miami in January or you're going to have a hard time beating the best teams in the AFC with the season on the line. So I think that's the key. Not overreaction, not underreaction. Accurate take, I believe. Miami had better win enough games that they – don't have to go on the road in the playoffs. And that's not going to be easy to do. they got a tough schedule. they got some big games still to come, and they're going to have to go outdoors again as the season unfolds. Mike Florio here on the show. We've had a feisty conversation about the AFC and who those best teams might be. Where would you slot in the Baltimore Ravens, Mike, both now coming off that big win, but also just what you expect them to do over the course of the year? Well, I expect them to do what Mark Andrews, their tight end, told me that he believes they'll do after the win on Sunday, which is to start to put wins together and separate. They're in a tough division. Everybody who played this weekend from the AFC North won. Browns beat the Colts, Steelers beat the Rams, and the Ravens blew out the Lions. Bengals had the bye week. But they're all at or above 500. The Ravens need to just keep winning. Lamar Jackson orchestrating an offense that seven games in, it seems to be clicking. He distributed the ball to nine different players. On Sunday, he resisted the urge to run and threw repeatedly. He's in a great sweet spot of running that new offense under Todd Munkin. And I think they're in a position where they're going to be a factor. The Chiefs are going to be a factor. The Dolphins are going to be a factor. 
and the Jaguars are going to be a factor. We got 10 more regular season games for most of these teams. And I think just how that playoff tree shakes out and who has home field advantage, it's always important, but I think it's going to be very important this year. Who gets to stay home? Who gets the bye week? It's all to be determined over the final 10 or 11 weeks of the regular season. Mike Florio here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder. This is CBS Sports Radio. If it's not the Ravens in the AFC North, or it is the Ravens, who is the team that pushes them the most? Who's the biggest threat underneath Baltimore in that division from your perspective going forward? Well, the Browns and the Steelers have – wait, have they already beaten them? No, wait, the Ravens beat the Browns. I'm getting, my, I'm getting my outcomes mixed up. But the Steelers have beaten the Ravens. The Browns have a defense where Miles Garrett is potentially an MVP candidate, not defensive player of the year, but league MVP. I mean, if the Browns would, would end up with the one seed in the AFC, wouldn't Miles Garrett be the MVP of the league? It's not like their quarterback is going to be the MVP. They don't have anybody else that would take the votes. Browns end up one seed. Miles Garrett is MVP. He single-handedly kept them in that game the other day. I mean, they gave up 39 point, or 38 points, which was shocking. But I think the Browns are a team that the Ravens need to worry about. The Steelers are a team that I think could, could keep enough games close that they work whatever that Mike Tomlin magic is and they win enough games to get to the playoffs. But once they get to the playoffs, that's where it gets exposed because – they're almost never the better team. But you look up and it's like, wait a minute, they're only down by seven and there's five minutes left in the third quarter and they're, what just happened there, that weird play? And, uh-oh, they're going to score and they're going to win. And that's just not sustainable when the best teams are playing the best. So I'd say the Browns are the ones the Ravens need to worry about, especially if they would cross paths for round three in the playoffs. Florio, it's been a, it's been a weird week for, for New England, right? First they're in free fall. Then we find out at least a report that Bill Belichick, who, who a lot of us thought you know might be his seat might be hot, got an extension in the off season. Then they just go ahead and, and, and beat the Buffalo Bills. How do you best guess or reporting or whatever you got? How do you evaluate Belichick's status right now in New England? Well, and I think that if you go back and look very carefully at the words that were used by NFL media, extension was never used. There's a belief from some people I've talked to that. Belichick's contract actually expired after the 2022 season and they had to do a new contract. And so, yes, it's lucrative. And yes, it's multi-year. But what it comes down to is this. Would anything about that contract keep Robert Kraft from tearing it up and moving on to another coach if this season doesn't go the way he wants to go? And when he was asked the question back in late March, is Bill Belichick going to stay as long as it takes to pass on Shula for the career all-time wins, Mark, Robert Kraft didn't say hell yes. Robert Kraft didn't say, the guy's won six Super Bowls. My God, why would you even ask that question? You know, he said, well, I want all of our players and coaches to have records, but we need to win enough games, and it's important that we get to the playoffs this year. So I think that, I think that what happened on Sunday, frankly, this is my best analysis of the situation. Bill Belichick specifically leaked that to end the talk about him being fired during the season. Belichick or someone close to him got that out there to end this talk that he'd be fired during the season. After the season, I think all bets are off if they don't make it to the playoffs. Now, of all the teams that are two and five, with Belichick, that's the one team I'd look at and say, I wouldn't put anything past them at this point. Finding a way to turn the clock back, win some games, get better on the fly. But if they don't make it to the playoffs, I I really do think there's a, a real chance that Belichick won't be back next year. 
That is why Mike Florio is the best, because that is the best answer, the most accurate answer I've heard on that on that question anywhere in media over the course of the last three, four, five days. I'm Bill Ryder with you here, CBS Sports Radio, talking to Mr. Florio. And I, by the way, Mike, I'm sure you do too. I know the guy who 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 reps Bill Belichick, and I like him. But I, that absolutely tracks. That certainly seems like something he would do. Uh, Florio, la- last one for you. We go back and forth here on, on Buffalo. For me, and I'm probably wrong. I could be wrong. It just feels to me like a year ago their, their window, or maybe two years ago, closed. I, I don't know what to, to make of these guys. Do you still put them in the category of teams, a lead or however we want to phrase it, who are still legitimate Super Bowl contending teams on the level of a, you know the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Niners, whoever else you want to put up there? Yes, but they need to get some things figured out. They had three straight weeks of dominant performances before the wheels came off. And, and even though they beat the Giants, it feels like they didn't, right? And it's just, it was just a sluggish, sloppy game. Offensively, here's the fundamental problem. And defensive coaches surely hate when I say this, but if I was hiring a head coach, I would always hire an offensive guy because the most important relationship is the head of your offense and your quarterback. And when you have a defensive coach and the offense plays really well and you got a franchise quarterback, your offense coordinator is going to be a head coach somewhere else. And then you got to hope that the next offensive coordinator can get it done. And frankly, Ken Dorsey hasn't gotten it done. My son and I were talking about this a week or two ago. How many opportunities do you really have? When you're Ken Dorsey, you come in last year, you got 17 regular season games, a couple of playoff games, then you're seven games into this season. How much are you really getting comfortable? How much are you really crafting an identity for your offense? And how much of it is just, you know what, we got Josh Allen. We'll let him do Josh Allen things. Like a kid playing Madden that has that one play that works. Well, when the defense is ready for the one play that works, what else are you going to do? And Bill Belichick, who knows the Bills well, knows Josh Allen well, he's ready for the Josh Allen run around and throw the ball 50 yards down the field across your body and complete the long pass to Stephon Diggs. You take that away, what else do you have? They don't have anything else. They don't have any identity offensively. I'd want to tear it down and build it back up from the standpoint of what are we going to try to do here? What It can't just be Josh Allen cheat code. It's got to be something. Run the ball and then do play action. It's got to be something. Short passing game to set up deeper shots down the field. But you never get the sense that the Bills have a true identity on offense, and that's why they're not winning these games. And that's why there's always this sense of frustration because Josh Allen seems to believe there's a play in the playbook that will deliver 21 points in one fell swoop. And when they don't have that work, they just feel like they press too much. So I think that's what they need to do is keep it simple, keep it basic. But I don't know that you can do that in the middle of a season. It's like changing the tire on a car that's rolling down the street. That is such. That is why Mike Florio is the best uh, NFL radio guest in the business. You should follow him on Twitter, at Pro Football Talk. Remember, he's got a new book out on November 1st, On Our Way Home. It is a holiday book, and all the proceeds go to a local animal shelter. You can get it in paperback. You can get it as an e-book. Uh, Mr. Florio, as always, man, appreciate the time. Love the perspective. Thanks for, for coming on and talking some, some football. Thanks, Todd. Great talking to you as always.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.